saying, oh, and Zach did one thing that sealed it for me. Again, I had no interest in lining up and needing to find a celebrity to to think that that was significant enough to make a show. I just wasn't interested in that going down that road. But he said, you know, I have, you know, 40 plus million people that watch my every step and I've never really promoted anything and I really want to make a change because what is it all for if you can't help make change? And, and I was like, oh, this, he believes that. And he, and so, so I was like, if you're going to do that. Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the I Live Better Podcast. Best day in. ever. We are coaches, trainers, retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, but didn't start our careers doing this. Jason worked in public accounting and I worked in corporate retail until starting our dream business in which we help people from all different industries pursue their best day ever every single day. The goal of this podcast is to interview both each other and other professionals making an impact on the world on how wellness is the fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. This podcast is about teaching people to actively pursue their purpose and how to use self-care to do it. We're here to show you how the best day of our mindset is available to anyone at any time, no matter your circumstance. It's your choice, and we're here to encourage you. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and even YouTube. You can also listen to our podcast on www.livebetterco.org. Have the best day ever. This Live Better podcast episode is brought to you by Vital Proteins. Vital Proteins is local to Live Better in Chicago, and Jason and I are huge advocates of it. If I could start my day with something, it's most likely their matcha with a little bit of the vanilla collagen creamer. Might throw a little cacao in there, a little turmeric, and then make it a little bit crazy, but I love their collagen creamer. And I also love just the straight up peptides after a hard workout. Vital Protein has been on uh, day one with Live Better. Early on, someone we've trusted for a really long time. I consume something Vital Proteins every single day. My go-to is the dark chocolate whey protein, which I combine with a little bit of unsweetened chocolate almond milk. Uh, trying to consume that at least once per day, especially after tough workouts or during tough training cycles. Then I'll also add a little bit of the OG collagen peptides to coffee and really trying to maintain a great schedule with something I trust and that is Vital Proteins. All right, Live Better fam, we are back with another podcast and I was just telling Darren before he popped on, we threw up an Instagram story for questions we should ask Darren and we got flooded with more questions than we've ever got. So you're doing something right. You're getting your name out there. Uh, Darren, Aline, we're super excited to have you on the Live Better show. Uh, how's everything going out in Cali today? Thanks, brother. Uh, well, the skies have clear, cleared up just a little bit from the fires, but all of California has been affected once again by the fires. So uh, luckily, I'm not in arm, harm's way right now. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's a new world, man. It's a definitely new world. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was telling you before that we were FaceTiming our, uh, compadre out in, uh, San Fran a few days ago and it just was crazy. And I know that you had 
in the last round of this been completely devastated by the fires. Um, so let's let's start there. Talk us through the rebuild. Like you were out shooting for months. You got the news that your place was torched and you had to decide to to rebuild. So talk us through that because that is a, I mean, that is something that very few people have have gone through. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, it's happening to a lot of people in real time right now, uh, yet again. And there is no place where you can really understand the magnitude of of that. And and you know, when we were, I think what weirdly helped is because I I have been on a mission, and the show was a demonstration and a start of the mission in a certain sense, uh, publicly, uh, with Zach and I. And so when this happened, it was just, you know, it's beyond the, 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 the consciousness understanding of what you can even grok because as easy as it is for people to say, it's just stuff. I think that's very inappropriate to say, um, and uh, everything is an extension of everything. So our home is an extension of us and it does have innate embedded memories and feelings and, and largely a, a macro system of our micro system, meaning that it is an extension of our being, the homes we live in. So, so it does mean more than just stuff. So you, you, I definitely was emotionally and physically, biologically and spiritually just slammed when that happened. But there was a comfort, uh, weirdly in the fact that I was on a mission and that this was the reason, um, the reason that the earth is going through changes the world is going through changes we and in our relationship to the world and to our imbalance of living in the world uh is is becoming magnified and becoming seen in a way that the way we do things has dramatic effect on not only the environment but but ourselves and so uh, uh, is the way we're doing things the best way to do them? And I think for the most part, everyone could say, well, that's no. And so without having the conversation of climate change, right? Because the climate change is really now a political stage. Let's just bring it back to common sense. So for me, being on this, being on this journey and really being smoked out in that last episode, when I was being cleansed, we did the timing of that. My house was literally burning at the, about the same time as I was being smoked. So that was just eerily strange. And probably on some metaphysical level, I was probably being prepared f- for the, the news of the wipeout of my entire world. And so... You know, so back to, you know, listen, you have grief, you have levels and levels and levels of grief and pain and anger and sadness and fear and uh, just complete surrender. 
but just cutting through all of that, that's, that's a real, that's a whole podcast by itself in terms of learning how to grieve healthfully and powerfully, because I think it's, it's, it's very close to that of just grieving death. And I'm actually fascinated with death at the moment. Death in a lot of different ways can be an incredible ally for us to live. Um, and so the death of all of my stuff ignited a life promotion inside of me that was number one, deepened my resolve and deepened my commitment to a better way of life moving forward. And that is a healthy, a healthful living, you know, living healthfully so that you can have the ability to respond and move forward in your life with power and dignity and sovereignty. Um, that's really the genesis of why I love healthcare, health care in this way is I just want people to, you know, kick ass and live powerfully. And, and so from all of that, yeah, I was devastated and also in, in, in incredibly blessed by the inner shifts and the deepening of where my commitments lie within myself and where my commitments then will take an out, outward extension of what I care about. And so in the grand scheme of things, the house burning down was one of the greatest gifts of my life because there is absolutely no way in the, for the rest of my life that I'm going to stop caring for people caring for the health health of them, caring for the planet, caring for animals, and caring for bettering the way that we're doing things in the world. So that's the gift of this incredibly difficult uh, and challenging situation. There's my short yeah, answer. That, <laughs> that's an intro right there. Um, and, and I think that you know, the thing I, I was writing down some words and I think one of the things that you that I really thought about your answer was and I've been digging into this a lot was the word choice that you had. You said respond. Um, and, and I love the word respond versus react because I feel like a response has a more like coherent answer as opposed to a reaction. Right. The jerk reaction to walking into that would be to shut down, to cry. The response would be, I'm going to take a breath, which is one of the key pillars in your super life book, which I want to dive into. Using the breath to then connect back to the, what you said, the consciousness of this to say, grief is going to be a stage here. I will recognize that. I will, I will be in that. And then I will start and I will do. And what's so interesting was that what you were doing during that time was to put out a show around ways in which we can better the planet and ourselves. So the irony is insane. Um, but what it also shows is that, you know, we are on a path for a reason. And one of my favorite books of all time is The Alchemist. And you, that within that journey is the glass shop or the distraction or the, the difficult times. And it's all about how we respond to that, right? And so the fact that you can then use the practices that you've been instilling in yourself for years to go through something like that shows that those practices aren't just like 
some fluffy bullshit. It's not just like, oh, I put uh, you know, Shaga in my tea because it's trendy. It's like, no, because it gives me life force to then go and respond to these things. And so what we are building and working on is understanding how health and wellness then fuels us to pursue purpose. And within that, it's going through the ups and downs of that. And so it's understanding that we use these tactics, not just to build up like strength and muscle and be able to surf and paddleboard and do all those fun things, but to also go through things. And right now with the fires, with protesting, with COVID, there's a lot of shit going on. And so I think this is a really interesting time for people to look introspectively about their self-care, about what they're putting in their bodies, what they're doing for their careers, what they're doing with their life. Are they thinking sustainably? Are they thinking holistically around their choices so that we can better ourselves? And what a what a great timing for for down to earth to come out because we can see the result of what happens when we don't do that type of stuff. Dude, you, you, you're uh, thank you for all that because uh, you clearly understand that, and and um, you know it is it is a couple words that pop up when you're saying that is like you know integration in right going integration. So it's like I think that if you focus so much on you know you know bench press pressing and functional training, that's great. But are you integrated? Are you understanding the science of yourself? Uh, and and it's so easy to blow off. It's so easy to not look at the corners and the shadows of ourselves, and 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 realize that we're kind of co-collaborating our life. Not saying that I, on some level, burned my own house down, but that but that spirit, that universal life force that this collective uh, ocean that we're all a part of, that it's, not, it, I've said this several times, things aren't happening to me. What if they're happening with me and for me? So if I look at through those lenses, I also now see a world that I can't access if I don't open my mind up to something other than being a victim and victimization has got so many subtle levels and you can so easily be a victim in so many different ways. My, my parents, this genetics, my, my dad was an alcoholic, so I'm going to be an alcoholic. Uh, this is just the way I am. That's a great sentence, throwaway sentence that I just, hate and love at the same time. Um, so, so it's like really taking on the responsibility of our life is not having to take on the burdens of things that are just out of our control, but it's really going back to those things that we can integrate and we can take inside and use as power rather than force of victimization. So, so for me, I think you're right. It has been a cultivation of 30 years of introspection and, and, and digging into aspects of who I am, what I am. Uh, and that continues. There's no, there's no place where I have met this place of enlightenment 
where I get to coast clearly, uh, you know, with, with these kinds of intensities, you're like, and the one hand I would say, thank you for the blessings of my house burning down. I have forged a road that I didn't know was inside of me. I have received information that I didn't know was possible. I have taken steps that I didn't even know were accessible. And so, so how do you not see this? You take a step back in a weird way. The, the down to earth was actually filming something in real time. It actually happened to me while we were filming. And so it was almost like people are witnessing this witness. They were witnessing this thing. And then if I take a step I was witnessing all of this happening. And at the same time, it, 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 it was opening up this opportunity that I will just leave you with this without getting too far down philosophically that it left me with something I would never want to give back. It would, it left me something that with, with, with the pain became deepened sense of purpose and passion and strength. And that strength is inside. Now, like what we were saying, taking care of ourselves and eating our plants and eating our superfoods only as a result, I think, of as within, so without. I want to be able to express this incredible life we have, this ability for me to see, feel, taste, touch, smell, uh, love, feel pain, feel all of this stuff. And at the same time, when something's burning down and something needs to happen, I'm going to be able to be there and respond and, and be able to, to uh, show up in this physical form the best way that I can for the people I love, for the people I don't even know, and just do it because that's what's required as a human family. Um, so I, I really kind of believe in two things. Take care of yourself um, for your health and your life so that you can be the greatest version of yourself in this physical form. Um, because that doesn't go without fortifying your inside and in your inner world. And then also be an advocate for a greater vision to yourself and set your passion greater and farther and deeper than you can possibly imagine because and that is being a steward for the planet being a steward for the animals and the sentient beings that don't have that same authority over themselves so um and are victim to to some of the stupid choices that we're doing as a human family yeah that is that's good. You should just cut it right there. Um, let's talk about the first half of that self. Um, I, my journey in this like true deep health and wellness has been, I've, I've, I mean, I've only probably been on it for about five or six years. I've, I was a healthy ish athlete growing up and then went to college and, you know, drank more than, than humanly possible and tried to just outbench everybody and, then realized that that wasn't for me. And so 
I've had a complete 180. People that meet me now think I was probably like raised by like vegans in the in the Brazilian forest. Um, and then people that knew me in college are just like, there's no way you're doing what you're doing now. So what I always tell people is that we can make, we can make the change. Like we can do it. What, what, what I'm doing now in regards to my health is a compound effect of what's been happening over the last five or six years. The, you know, the, the mushrooms in my drinks, the, the supplements I take, the plant-based diet approach, the, the, the purposeful movement as opposed to the movement for show you know, that has taken time. So there are some people that are listening to this that are there. And there are some people that are listening to this that were at me five years ago. So what I want to talk about first is those people that are just beginning. What are the baseline requirements that we should be focused on, which I think Super Life does a great job explaining, so that we can begin. And then as we begin, we start to feel the effects. We start to wake up crisper. We start to want to work out more. All those things will happen. And then we start to dive in. We have our first goji berry. We have an acai bowl. And it's like, holy crap, these makes me, these things make me feel incredible. Where do we start? Where, where does somebody begin? Um, and there's two, there's two pillars within your, within your uh, five forces that I want to dive deeper on because those are the things that I kind of struggle with. So let's start with where you begin. Well, I mean, I think I think now I would also say what we what we start talk about, and that is like the the calming down and the sense of giving yourself time of introspection. And that could be easy as five minutes of breathing. That could be a journal writing. That could be just sitting quiet. That could be just sitting on the floor, mindfully stretching. Um, I and I think that that will expand because you're also getting back to originally what you highlighted is that it's so easy to react in life, to wake up and turn on your phone. And then you're reacting to other people's requests and messages and, and the social dilemma, uh, the, the social media dilemma that we're in. And that is they're completely out to rewire your brain. So, so I would say that number one, give yourself first. Fill yourself up first. Take your time. Wake up in the morning. Number one, sleep well. Try to sleep at least eight hours a day. Wake up. Uh, try to. I would. I would encourage people wake up earlier than than you normally do, so you have a window of time that you're allowing. That is your time, um, so that you can do whatever you want. But but then there's certainly practices that you can learn. But then drink good, clean water. Set your set your body right. Uh, replenish yourself with good, clean water, and that's a that's clearly a rabbit hole. Uh, and then and then do some sort of practice where you're just closing your eyes and you're breathing and you're uh, journaling or something like that to open up the space of you a little bit more. And then obviously eat plants uh, and eat a lot of them and eliminate meats the best you can. Certainly people eliminate the factory farmed meats altogether. It's just toxic poison. Um, and I don't need to be an advocate beating that drum. It's, it's pretty common to understand that that subsidized poison that they're, that they're selling is just horrible. So pay a little extra. If you are still eating meat, just pay a little extra, eat less. Uh, but certainly eat, eat a lot more plants. 
Um, obviously move your body exercise. Um, you know, at the end of the day, this stuff isn't rocket science. And then of course you can go put your feet on the ground, go out in the sun, don't put on sunscreen, acknowledge where your skin's at, uh, let your skin solar panels absorb, uh, the sun's rays. And if you're super, super white, then obviously just be sensible in how much you're going to spend time out and don't let yourself burn. Um, and, and, uh, and, and throw your sunglasses away, uh, out, outside. I just did a fatal convenience on, on, on sunglasses and its propensity where it's looking like that could potentially turn on cancer promotion within the, the, the skin chemistry because it's fake. You're faking your, your body to think that it's nighttime when it's not, uh, light out. So, or when it's, when it's light out and you're faking it with sunglasses on that it's dark. So, so it's common sense. We need to break these modern day conveniences down a little bit and realize that there, there's the, there's this double, there's this so, double edged sword to some of these conveniences that we've put in our life and getting back to, if you can grow your own food, uh, if you can support local grown uh, food, farmers markets and whatnot, if you can, uh, spend more money buying biodynamic or permacultured or organic food. So you're not, so the other side of it is just eliminate exposure to these toxins, which is why I created this kind of idea of fatal conveniences where I'm exposing these industrialized kind of, uh, chemicals and from dental floss, Teflon, uh, that's linked to, you know, kidney and cancer and liver disease, uh, to deodorants, to, to PCBs in our, in our water, to all of these things where we just need to dampen all of this top toxic exposure because the body gets burdened in that way. And then obviously the other side is to clean up our food and get back to whole healthy living food again. So those are a few. <laughs> what is in your opinion? I, I'm a huge, I'm a, I would class myself as a spring water hunter. I love looking for a good spring water and there's a couple local springs by where I live. And if not, I have found some like good glass bottled spring water. And I, and I just read a book recently. Um, the body's many cries for water. It's, it's a great excellent book about literally that hydration causes like everything dehydration um what is clean water what is not clean water and what can people do to clean water if they are having it from a medicinal or uh, like their municipal supply if that's possible yeah yeah, so I mean, I applaud you for 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 hunting water because obviously that's a that's a big deal. And if you can find water in its natural kind of vortating, turbulating uh, ways of coming down uh, fresh, uncontaminated rivers and from aquifers that are not contaminated by by pesticides, herbicides, nitrates from agriculture. Great. Make sure you test those things, make sure they're clean. And, and, and if you can get water and enough of water in that way, great. You're, you're, that's, that's the best kind of water you want because it's naturally chelating the minerals. It's naturally 
structured by way of the 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 electronic the electrofrequencies of the earth with the uv rays of the sun and that's structuring the water making it um uh, a lot more available for the body to use in many ways and of course then it has the electrolytes but i think 99 percent of the people on the planet number one don't have the time don't have the access to to find a water source like that uh with any consistency so um yeah of course you can spend money on hopefully more locally sourced bottled water and glass okay cool like that's like if you want to go that route you certainly can now from my perspective the majority of the people could do a couple easy steps to make sure because listen Number one, we've done an incredible feat by our modern day world where I can go to my sink, I can turn on the tap and I have water on demand. Incredible, right? So, but with that, there's certain protocols that you have to go by because just in the traveling of that water, number one, okay, you've cleaned the water to a certain extent. It doesn't have the microbiological, the E. coli, the salmonellas, the, all of these other uh, and potentially some heavy metals, they've gotten rid of some of that stuff in a water treatment plant, but it also has to now travel to all of these other locations, uh, millions and millions of locations and through pipes that could have been there for, you know, 50, 75 years. And so there's compounds and stagnant water in pipes and everything creates issues. So therefore you have to have chlorine that can travel that whole distance to make sure that microbes aren't going to kill you when you turn on your tap and drink your water. So that being said, there's about there's there's handfuls of chemicals that are still in our water that are not good for us from this duping of of putting fluoride in our water which is one of the greatest catastrophes I think in terms of quote unquote it's good for our teeth which is so incredibly gnarly and not effective uh and possibly a a, a neurological uh um downside of taking that type of fluoride into the body um so we have to again we can't rely that that this system has got is is lined up to to benefit us completely by absorbing this kind of water on a consistent basis so that being said, easy to do is clean and strip that water of all of these volatile compounds. And that can be in that number of total dissolved solids. So you have total dissolved solids was really to measure the amount of, you know, chelated minerals in there. But now that same total is showing up within all the volatile compounds that are showing up from PCBs to pharmaceutical drugs to the fluorides to the to the other compounds that are reacting to each other creating you know third party uh, compounds so you now have this big total of total dissolved solids that are definitely not something you want to take in your body so distillation so you know evaporating the the water so it recondenses clears and cleans that water or through a micron filter system of a reverse osmosis so now you've forced that water through through micron size it doesn't allow for those compounds to go through now the only the only downside of that is you've now taken out 
the minerals as well. So you have to remineralize. Um, so an easy thing is a really good unrefined sea salt or Himalayan crystal salt. You can easily add it to the water. Now, why is that important? The importance is that in that type of cell, or excuse me, in that that size of the the electrolytes, that's the type of the size of electrolytes that the body needs on a molecular level, on a cellular level. So you're not adding in calcium uh, carbonate or these other big, it's kind of like big molecules that have been created in a lab. You're using angstrom-sized electrolytes that your body can then utilize. So now you've created a conductive um, solvent with water again that your body then can utilize infinitely better and hydrate yourself on a cellular level. So easy to do, RO system, distillation, add a pinch of Himalayan crystal salt to it, and at least you have the blueprints of a very good water. There's a whole other world that we could get into in terms of structuring water, in terms of the molecular arrangement of the molecules as it relates to chemistry and biology and frequency and 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 emotion and all of that other stuff, which is way too big of a topic for this conversation. But but that being said, you can easily put water in a glass bottle that you've just now created. You can write love on it. And that's definitely a frequency that shows up in molecularly structuring water. Uh, you can put your water out in sunlight and have it penetrate through the through the glass, it can help structure the water. So those are easy, quick ways to help rebalance. Hell, you can add in uh, a cucumber, uh, uh, um, lime, a lemon, and stuff like that. And those types of things can help not only remineralize, but also help structure the water as well. Yeah, I think it's it's super important because it's it's an obvious thing that people that they need that there's the, the flip side of it is that people that are just dehydrated too. They're just not even, they can't even get themselves to drink enough water, no. let alone understanding the source of it. And now bottled, bottled water has become a massive thing. And it's like, they're literally heating up those plastic bottles as they're putting water in it that they pump from a thing. I mean, obviously that'll be episode maybe two or four that we have together, which is specific about that. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I, I want to talk about from from your book Super Life is breath is breath work. Um, I've been practicing breath work for a while. I'm I'm dialing more into it. Uh, I just read a really a really good another good book, and we're about to have the the author from Oxygen Advantage on our show as well. I just talked um, to him, which is <laughs> I just yeah. I just talked <laughs> nice. to him this week. Yeah, he's great, Patrick yeah. Patrick um, McEwen. Yeah, Patrick McEwen. So I have had uh, an interesting connection to breath because I was over the last few years, my oral health has suffered drastically. Um, and before I was really getting into this stuff, I got a cavity drilled. They needed to do a root canal. Then they saw there was another one. So I got a second and then that went in for another one and I got a third. And, and then of course I read all about that as I'm on my journey being like, Oh shit, should I have even done that? Was this the best option? I switched to a holistic dentist and we're, we're working through all of those things. And it comes down to the fact that from and right before his book that I read, another holistic practitioner in Chicago, I was talking to about this and they're like, do you breathe with your mouth open? And for the last five years, as I have 
deepen my relationship with my wife, she would always tell me, oh, every night you sleep, you meet, you, sleep, you sleep with your mouth open. So I found that taping my mouth shut has been a in, immensely huge thing. And prior to reading his book, prior to doing that, I was, I'm a very good athlete. So I, I ran my first marathon last year, sub three hours is the first one I've ever done. And I was doing this essentially with a clogged nose halfway through my training. I realized I could only breathe out of one side of my nose. So I got surgery done to reframe my nose, which helped a lot. And so it's like, it's been this everlasting thing, realizing that like my body and now the more I learn about it, getting my wisdom teeth out, could have restructured my face, like all the, and now I'm just going down the rabbit hole. And so I'm realizing how important breath work is. On top of that, I've been on a, on a meditation journey for a long time. I've been very much into yoga. And so when I do meditate, when I do yoga, I'm like, wow, I can breathe really well. And so I always just was like, oh, well, obviously it's a hot room. Little did I understand that the connection to the breath is super important. So what would be for somebody that's getting into breath, what would be like the first exercise you would have them do? When I get the question about meditation, a lot of people say I'm not good at it. And so then I reframe that there is no, there is not being good at meditation. The fact that you carved out the time, I don't care if you went through your to-do list, if you've meditated a thousand times and every time you've gone through your to-do list, you're good at meditating, you're doing it. What is step one? What is some way that, that a guest is like, you know, something that somebody can do starting and and are on a regular basis that might take them three to five minutes that has a very good effect that then they will dive deeper, dive deeper into a little bit more of the understanding of breath. I would simply, I mean, it was, uh, I I actually put this in my book too. I would start it with, because it's, it's, it's all about the mind. The monkey mind is, is so used to grabbing onto everything. And uh, that's why the, it's so intimidating to, to have this idea that you're going to sit down and, and not have your mind think, or you're going to all of a sudden be, become a, 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 a Zen monk. So, you know, it, it's an easy thing of just going five, a, a count of five breaths in. So count to yourself, take a deep breath in on the count of five, right? And then on the inhale, hold for five a five count and on the exhale slowly release that on a count of five and then on the full exhale hold for five and do that five rounds just start there so you're bringing you're taking your monkey mind you're just giving it something to do you're taking it out of the equation and you're allowing yourself to get that first sense of space and and openness within at least the attempt of calming down this this radio frequency that we're constantly just messing with and the brain's just jumping all over it's going from 101.7 to 99.5 it's just jumping all over the place you know what i mean so so it's that practice of just literally do you can call it five minutes you can do it five rounds five 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 and then as you kind of become and discover the space of you, meaning the space that's opening up beyond this mind, from my point of view, it's very attractive. It's very um, <laughs> spacious, but there's, a, there's an opening that opens up a whole lot of other opportunities. So 
And then you can start playing with it. You can speed up that breath rhythm. You can slow it way down. And then in terms of Patrick McEwen, you can increase your body's ability to receive oxygen and also decrease your your desire to breathe with, with CO2 retention. So you can certainly make, you can practice kind of being a little uh, um, oxygen starved, right? So you can, you can do a long exhale breath hold. And then when you really are feeling you have to breathe, don't force it, but then take a slow breath in and then hold your breath. And you can play with that long kind of aspect of kind of being behind and then you could take it actually in a walking meditation which is very in fun and kind of weirdly intense you can you know that walking so you can you can do an exhale exhale everything out everything now hold on an exhale and then just walk and how many steps can you how many steps can you go to before you need to uh, take that breath in and then don't freak out or don't try to hold it. But as soon as you feel that CO2 build up, because that's what the urge is, it's not really the lack of oxygen. It's the, it's the buildup of the CO2. So as that builds up, take that breath in. And now you're actually increasing your body's. You're starting to increase your body's ability to receive oxygen uh, and, and also increase red blood cells and all of that stuff. And I've tested this at elevation before. I can go from here because I've been doing breath work for, you know, eight, nine, ten years. I can go at elevation and really not even be affected. Um, because you're you've you've trained your body to be starved, but at the same time, you've trained it to be super good at uh, oxygen utilization. So so anyway, for the easy answer is just do a five 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 and also i would just say as soon as you hear the episode with patrick McEwen, you're definitely going to put tape over your mouth when you sleep and that's that's just that you don't have to necessarily it's not the most romantic thing in the world but but you, you don't you don't always have to keep it it's just training your body to not be breathing through your mouth all the time and and i'll wake up in the middle of the night my now with my with my tongue against my palate my nose is shut my mouth is not dry and i'm good unless i've got a stuffy nose or something but but you can absolutely retrain this stuff and you know i i i also and take that breathing not to go too far into this but take that breathing into your training so only nose breathe and if the, at the last, if you have to in the nose, out the mouth, because you're doing something a little more intense, then that's fine. But try to kind of back off your workouts and try to only do in the nose, out the nose while you're training. And then slowly over time, your body's going to have an, a greater capacity to do workload. But in the beginning, it's just junk. Like you really have a hard time training with just nose breathing. But it improves over time for sure. Yeah, I've been doing that just on I, – I bike a lot. around. I live in the Chicago – in Chicago and I bike to appointments and all that. And, and ever since I did that, I've just been – those are solely nose breathing. And now 
my long rides, which are 50, 60, 70 miles, I can do them easily through my nose. And I go just, I'm, I'm hitting my numbers crazy. Nice. Um, my, my favorite episode, uh, I mean, I liked all the episodes of Down to Earth. I, I really resonated with the Costa Rica one for two reasons. Um, I forget the exact quote, but it was essentially around how we should like live in and where what we eat, which was like you got in the opening of that scene, you're just like, pick it off that tree. And like, I've done a lot of cool collaborations with some local organic farms around here. And we like went out into the field and picked blueberries with the people and made smoothies and got kale and made salads. And it was like, it was so cool. Uh, and then I also loved the school there. I was like, uh, when I have kids, I want them to go there for schooling. Uh, and I just remember Zach was just like, no homework. It was like crazy. <laughs> Talk me through how you chose where you went in that show. Uh, and then just talk me through how it was. I mean, there's so many cool things. Like, how did you partner with Zach? Kind of just like give me the ins and outs of that. And then, um, I mean, you guys were were just having a blast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a bit of a story. But um, so I had I had been in and out of talking about superfood hunting and people wanting to do a show for the last t- decade. And it never really lined up for me. And I never was that excited about whatever the partnerships was or the amount of time it would have taken me to do a show like that. And I was just, it never, but, but over the time of, of superfood hunting, I just, I, I got exposed to the environmental side of things. So like secretively, I've been working on that side for a long time and, and I kind of restructured a show idea that I would just not now be very excited to do. And I just kind of had it in my back pocket. I said, I want it to be environmental. I want to expose some things. I also want to create some opportunity for solutions. Uh, and, and as well as look at systems that are working and also failing. So, so I wrote this whole show idea out. Unbeknownst to me, uh, so that, that said, uh, you know, I was on a... Uh, ritual podcast i think it was the second one i was on and zach had heard that podcast and had reached out to a mutual friend of of riches to to ask if he could get my number uh and so they gave it to him after they said if they asked me if it was okay and then months went by i didn't think about it so zach ended up reaching out to me and was touched by something i said and and we ended up getting together uh, and having lunch, and we just talked about tons of stuff, uh, from health to superfoods to philosophy to uh, just just the way we viewed the world. And and it was really at the very end. He said, "What else are you up to?" I said, "Well, I have this idea for this TV show. We'd run around and superfood hunting in other countries, and food systems, and pollution, and and solutions." And he just kind of kind of stood there dazed and and stoked. So a couple, a couple hours later, he literally called me and he said, Hey, I made some calls to my team. I, I have a Netflix show. Um, but the concept of that show, I don't really dig. Uh, and it's kind of sitting there. So the structure, the show is kind of sitting there with the skeleton of the show and there would be travel and there, there was some elements of that show that would have to stay the same. And that would be, you know, in, in a different country, every episode, 
that's no big deal because of course that fish was my <laughs> thing. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we had to make it about food. So we have to kind of highlight these small businesses and these chefs and these things. I'm like, well, that's easy. Uh, so it just kind of lined up. And then I met his whole team. I met the production next thing I know. And Zach did one thing that sealed it for me. Again, I had no interest in lining up and needing to find a celebrity to, to, think that that was significant enough to make a show i just wasn't interested in that going down that road but he said you know i have you know 40 plus million people that watch my every step and i've never really promoted anything and i really want to make a change because what is it all for if you can't help make change and and i was like oh this he believes that and he and so so i was like if you're gonna do that with your platform, I definitely have many things that we can get into. <laughs> that could be changed, yeah. yeah. So he walked, he walked, I mean, listen, he walked that into Netflix and we m- merged those two concepts together. And obviously the, 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 the kind of the pillars of, of the original concept was all what I had come up with. And then we had to make some twists and turns along the way and I had to kind of let go of some control in terms of like going heavier and deeper into each topic and there was some vulnerabilities there like everyone kind of assured me like listen there'll be time for that if this show is successful but we need to just you know back it off and be fun and adventurous and and also have information and so it was a little vulnerable for me um, because I didn't want it to be a you know too light of a show uh and i and i cared about this stuff so it was it was it was tricky <laughs> to to kind of surrender yeah. surrender that but i did and and we all ended up really becoming a family and everyone on the crew and the editors and the people that were on the ground with us everyone innately became very touched and moved by what we were actually up to. So it, it was, it was pretty incredible. So that's, that's kind of how it happened. And, 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 you know, again, it, there's so many topics. I just definitely wanted to talk, start, start kind of reaching into the miraculousness of water. Uh, Cause there's just a huge rabbit hole in terms of the science, true science behind water obviously food systems, obviously like the Costa Rica, that was a good friend of mine, Stephen Brooks, uh, that has dedicated his life to forging plants and growing plants and making regenerative uh, agriculture a way of life and living around it and with it from the crazy anaerobic digestion to, to just being able to grow all sorts of native plants and also, um, uh, other plants from around the world. So I was like, we gotta go there. Uh, and, and then of course the, the Amazonian side, you know, that was the place I've been going for over a decade. Uh, and I just wanted to touch on some of the incredible medicinal plants that maybe people just don't know about. And that's our treasure chest in terms of where we've largely gotten the most, information and inspiration about even the the pharmaceutical world so you know getting back to you know plants and getting back to the efficaciousness of 
that as a dream um, and also changing the narrative of health, getting out of germ theory and fear of catching something in terms of building up your environment so that it it's not a harbinger of, of degenerative or um, bacteria or even viruses that that in that in this case uh, can quote unquote hurt you. It's all a balance. If you keep that balance in play and you keep your ecosystem uh, in a way that uh, invites the harmful bacteria out and is not a good place for the bacteria to survive. And that's what you have to understand. Like the great work of Dr. Uh, Antone Bekemp in the early 1900s was very clear and actually fought against Louis Pasteur and said, listen, it's not catching something. It's creating an environment for it or creating an environment against it. So, so if you have a bacteria and it lands on you, which we have millions and trillions of bacteria that we're swimming in right now, but if that harmful bacteria has the intelligence of life, which it has, you know, billions of years of evolution, uh, if it can survive and, and grow within the environment, it's going to. But if it senses an environment that's not hospitable for it, it's going to move on and, can, and carry on. So that's what we need to get back to. We need to get, understand that the, the balance of our ecosystem is extremely important. And many of the pillars that I discussed in Superlife are the things that keep that balance in place. And, and, and then we are strong, we're immune, and we are in balance between this incredible biome that we live in from a microbiological, but also this incredible kind of delivery system of information that viruses are even. So and Dr. Zach Bush does an incredible job explaining that incredible relationship uh, that viruses are all around us. There are 10 to the 30 viruses. That's 10 with 30 zeros after it in our air, in our water, in our in our environment, right? So they're natural part of this. But if we are off and we are strained and stressed and not balanced from a health perspective, we're now susceptible to all of those things. Yeah, we're, we're, we're coming up on time. I want to ask two more questions. The first one, just go quickly. I know it's hard because you get hype about this. Um, what you just explained is is essentially kind of goes down two routes, like understanding the terrain theory, which is like that we create the terrain in which things harbor and, and epigenetics as well, which are two things that, that again, we're going to have to do a couple of other episodes to get into all this stuff. But, you know, we create, and, and I think this is an environment, not only within our physical being, but who we're around and all of those things, because you're a superfood guru, because you're searching for those, give me three superfoods that help with creating a better terrain for ourselves like if you're gonna say here's my top three like if i'm traveling on a plane if i'm going somewhere these are the three things i'm gonna bring with me well certainly a a spore-based probiotic is really really good to do because you're you're gonna go out of your ecosystem and you're gonna go into a, a tube flying over so you're gonna go into a more of a sterile environment or at least um, a, a shared microbiome of a lot of humans, not a lot of uh, other kind of plant 
based things. So you want to keep your, your healthy bacteria balanced. So I always start stacking prebiotics and probiotics even before I go on a trip, while I'm on the trip, and after I'm on that trip. So, so I definitely keep the microbiome uh, intact. I mean, water is something that you want to keep yourself hydrated for sure. Uh, so as you're kind of moving through, even a drop in a little uh, hydration uh, can cause a lot of stress. Um, I would say in terms of plants, the, 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 the area that I would focus on, uh, certainly when traveling or or being out in the world, especially these days, is focusing on those adaptogenic classification of herbs. So you've ha- you have one of my favorites is schizandra. It's been used over ten thousand years in traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, sweet, sour, pungent, bitter, uh, salty, savory. It's got all of these different components, and it's also recognizing different areas and different energy meridians in the body. Incredible plant, incredible adaptogen, helping the body deal with all sorts of stress. Um, and then I would make sure that you're always amplifying your, your green pigments, your, your healthy greens, your spirulinas, your chlorellas, uh, your, you know, concentration of green powders, uh, to make sure that you're getting those micronutrients and those antioxidant boosting compounds. Um, and then, of course, you could easily go down the road of chaga mushrooms is incredible. One of the strongest antioxidant foods in the world and the king of all mushrooms. One of my favorites. Hell, I named my dog after uh, the, 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 the mushroom. Uh, and, you know, you've got ashwagandha, which is an incredible one. Uh, in terms of green powders, moringa alofera is one of my favorites, too. Um, so yeah, there's, there's several, but, uh, but I definitely go into super boosting when I go into travel mode because your body definitely is going to be stressed just by way of going to an airport, being on a plane, traveling, hell, even going out in the world, seeing people in masks. It's just yeah. the most insane thing ever because we're, we're now we're, we're stressed even putting on a mask because what is that first action? I'm in fear, right? I'm going to catch something. It's all of that stuff. Yep. Um, so what would be, uh, so our last question we love asking everybody is if, um, our motto here is to have the best day ever, every single day. Uh, and we believe that it's about creating that through action through, like we talked about respond versus reaction. So if you could wake up tomorrow, you've done some crazy stuff. You can do whatever you want. What does your best day ever look like? You know, I, I, I think it's, I think it's, um, it has to be, you know, if I, if I think of the groups that I'm working with right now, I think of the Aboriginal people in Australia. I think of the, the Native Americans in Four Corners and Colombia with helping them with COVID. I think of the native people in California whose houses are burning down, any one of those projects, if I could jump on a plane and plant a tree, if I jump on a plane and help them get off fossil fuels, um, if I can fight the good fight of saving the Sahadu and the Amazon, uh, literally showing up, mobilizing and getting out with groups of people, that's what I would do. Um, Just the action of doing good 
could be a last stand of of a life well served because at the end of the day it's it's prayer in motion i think it's intention in action and uh if something if if nothing uh something is more clear than than i have an existence here that i get to I get to lead by my actions and those actions are felt throughout time and space and are leaving a legacy. And for me, it's not sitting in a cave meditating. It's putting my hard earned work to action with people that require it, need it and deserve it. That is amazing. Uh, we could go for another three hours and I, and I will, you and your team to try to get you on at least one or two more if that's if that's uh if that's okay um we we didn't I mean, we hit the surface uh, but there's a you know a million other things that you're working on i just want to highlight a couple of things the one to one tribe uh, i think is, is an amazing way of building community you guys have been doing a lot of cool virtual things during this time you guys run amazing experiences um and, and i i think harboring that is super important because of when we connect with like-minded people, we can do way more than we can do with ourselves. And so I, I know we didn't really get into that, but I, I want to highlight, I want people to check it out. I want people to be a part of that. Um, you got so many more amazing things. I have 4,000 more questions to ask, but uh, we, we, I don't want to take you on for, for too long. So I just want you to give us your spiel about where people can find out about you. What, where can they find out? Instagram, website, all of those things so people can learn more, read your book um, and start to, just to start, and what you just said at the end is like, could not be more the ethos of what we do at Live Better is to take action. So I think when we learn about these things, we're then, we then feel like we have the knowledge and the ability to take action. So step one for a lot of people is education. So where can people find out about, about what you're working on? Where can they get involved and how can they learn more? Yeah, man. So uh, uh, DarrenOlean.com has most of the things that I'm doing. Sign up for the newsletter. We're also throwing out some kind of behind the scenes cool stuff in there we're building building upon some app stuff to create more community so just uh, be aware of that um barucas.com one to one tribe.com uh another company green path again everything is uh through the website and then just uh darren olean on instagram and and facebook and twitter and all of that other stuff so so yeah, we're we're just beginning. I mean, I I am yeah. I am just yeah. just beginning to to just crack open and and uh, hopefully the negotiations go well with Netflix and we get that second season and uh, and then we have several other things going on in the future. So I appreciate your time and yeah, I appreciate the message. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked out uh, uh, Down to Earth yet on Netflix, it's it's a great great mini series with uh with darren and zach afron and it's fun to watch it is educational and it's very inspirational about how we connect with the world around us and what we can do and how honestly it's it's just as long as we play our part and we do that it, you don't have to be doing you don't have to start a school in costa rica you can do this within your local community and, and be a part of this earth as a, as opposed to just being on it and using it uh, Darren, what you are doing, if this is you scratching the surface, I'm very excited to see where you go when you start peeling back layers of the onion or or, or digging up more into it. Uh, I've, I've been following you for a long time and uh, I, I pull a lot from what you do. And I think that just because you're like a really strong, like 
like physically strong too, as somebody who's plant-based inspires me to do the same um, and inspires me to inspire others to do the same. So Darren, thank you so much for your time and, and we wish you the best day ever. Brother, uh, best, best interview ever. Thank you, brother. <laughs> awesome. Cheers.